Ben's awesome to go on a mission trip with. Um, you definitely cannot go expecting to sit down. And he kept us busy, busy, busy. Um, we, we were down here, what, nine, ten days in Mexico? Um, this is the longest time we've been there. But it was, in a way, kind of a blessing because we were talking about it in the middle of the first week, how everything was so spread out. So we had more time in the mornings to kind of get our stuff together. Trips in the past, you woke up, you hit the ground running, and you charged to the wall like the Kool-Aid man. And that was, that was the trip. And then you come home exhausted, and then you get to process everything that we went through. But we had a really great trip. Um, Dylan talked about the, the testimony at the end. Um, that was the sweetest part because that's when we all realized the body of Christ. Each one of us all had our own strengths. We had our own roles down there. Um, and everything worked cohesively. You guys are going to hear through their testimonies a lot of the great miracles that happened through God's uh, work in the missions trip. And uh, it really does embody that whole scripture about the body of Christ. I mean, I could have been the toe and Cameron could have been the foot or whatever it was, but everybody worked together and it was great. Um, my personal take from it was we got to do a couple baseball camps um, and the camps were fun, but I really enjoyed when we drove down the backside of Palmita to Sosmocho, and we got to play just a baseball game. There was no drills, no camp, nothing. We just lined up, picked teams, and we nailed it. Um, my team was winning until the umpire made a bad call, but we're not sour about that anymore. It was, it was still a really fun game. Um, and, it, you know, getting to build those bonds and those relationships, I know a year from now when we go back, that we're going to see those same people again, and they're going to be like, oh, I remember you guys. You guys played an awesome game of baseball. So, But I'm going to start passing the mic down um, and let these guys tell you a little bit more about what they, they saw. Hi. This is kind of scary. Um, so I worked with the kids a lot, and it's like when you go down there and you see the things that the kids have and don't have that like maybe we take for granted – it's very humbling and me being like a teenager myself and seeing the things that I have and the opportunities that I have that these kids don't have, it just like opens your minds a lot. And <clears throat> seeing how like these kids are so little, but they're still, they're so open and receptive to what you're teaching them. And they just, they're like, they want to learn. And I think that's cool because being, in, I've, I teach in the kids uh, classes a lot and I help. And like some of the kids are just like, kind of reserved and like they don't want to do stuff sometimes and like that's okay but the kids there they're just like they're so open to everything and they're so like welcoming to us and I just think that like that's just cool tell them your eight-year-old boyfriend <laughs> what your eight-year-old boyfriend I don't have an eight-year-old boyfriend <laughs> there was this little boy named Pedro and he came up to me and Cameron's nickname was Camarón which is shrimp in Spanish. And, but, you know, they try to say Cameron, that's what comes out. Well, he came up to me and he said, you know Camarón, you know, but in Spanish? And I said, yeah. He goes, me gusta Camarón, which is I like her. And I said, esta papa. And he's like, ooh. But <laughs> anyways. He followed her around like a little dog. <laughs> 
line. You do it. No, you're next in line. You do it. Rude. <laughs> um, Mexico for me was the first time being out of the country uh, ever. I've been out of state before, went through Texas to New Mexico, and the other way I went to Missouri. Haven't been really that far north. So, and Mexico, far south, sorry. Yeah, you, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Okay. Um, man, a lot happened while I was down there. A lot of stuff back here happened. Uh, I'm not going to go into that. But while I was down there, I got to see lots of really cool things to start. Uh, what was it? 20 people we got saved? More than that? All but maybe two of those people that we got saved had a healing associated with them. Uh, we had a lot of knees that got healed, a couple of backs that got healed, and I think one of them had gout arthritis and all sorts of other crazy stuff that, to me, it was mind-boggling. Just because it was the first time I ever really seen things like healings coming from the hands that are standing before you. It's in the book of Acts, these are the normal types of miracles, we would call them. And seeing them really for the first time outside of the Rama bubble, <laughs> it was encouraging to say the least it really helped me see my own place a little bit helped me learn what it was to have real faith outside of the safe place to go out into the dangerous place the place that you might not get an answer and say and ask the questions anyway in my opinion, it was worth it to go, even if it was just once. Amen. Will I go again? Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll let time decide that. <laughs> um, but it was definitely worth the trip. I highly recommend it. Um, do this. If I could live in Mexico half my life, I would. <laughs> um, I love those people. Whenever we first went down back in October of 2016, um, we were a lot at Plan de Carrillo where we were helping them um, finish their church. They had a building, but then they wanted an, an extended part that with a roof that they could have gatherings and socializing and stuff like that. And... Um, at that place that's where Stan had built that brick wall and um, we were there for two days thanks <laughs> we were there for um, two days and we made some really close connections with those people 
and sometimes you just meet somebody and they're just like you're just like your instant friend but going back to somewhere that you were at 2016 and seeing the same people that are still there they're doing awesome ben doesn't have to um he was like the assistant pastor associate pastor with that church helping them build and now that they are doing strong where he could step back and have time to go to other places to invest in new cities more so so that's real encouraging to see a town to see a a church that was getting together in 2016 and you go back in 2019 and they're still staying strong and some of those people are still there and the wall is completed and the roof is completed and um you just go in and those people you know I haven't been back in two years and those people just hugged me and loved on me and you know, because they knew Stan, and, you know, we had built friends, and we have, we talked through Facebook and stuff some, but even though they're in a different country, we're all still um, family. You know, they're my sisters and brothers in the Lord, and we pray for each other, and there might be a little bit of a language barrier, but that doesn't stop the Holy Spirit from moving. It doesn't stop your message from getting across, where Ben has to interpret, or if you're in the songs, when they're doing songs and praises and it's all in Spanish, you still feel the Holy Spirit, you know, because there's no language barrier. And it is just so moving. And it just, I, I probably cried at every service um, <laughs> for the Spirit of God moving and then just memories and just kind of reliving the stuff that we had done there two and three years ago. But it's just so rewarding seeing that the work that you might have planted a seed in or the person you might have prayed for is still sitting there two years later. Or you've seen that person you prayed for, you knew they were struggling with something, or they were a new Christian, you know, two or three years ago, and then you go back and you see that person still there, and you see that person worshiping on their own without having somebody encourage them. And that is such a blessing to know that you were a part of that. And you that haven't been, or that you guys that give, I know some of you give regularly to Mexico, and your money is not put to waste whatsoever. That is a wonderful missionary down there. Ben and his family is great. They touch so many lives. They have so many different seeds planted throughout um, Zacatecas in different towns, and he's starting new towns, and it's just like, you know, we thought we were at the end of the earth at one place, and then we went another mile, another hour drive further, <laughs> you know, so Ben keeps finding these places, you know, but there's you know, there's nobody would ever go there. They would never hear about God. You know, they would never get his love if Ben, with the ratty van, which, by the way, he needs a new van, you know, if he didn't go there, those people wouldn't have a chance, and that just breaks my heart. And some of them were kind of cold to us, like you try to go to hug, and I actually had one lady that actually turned around whenever I went to hug her, and I was like, really? And so I went on and hugged the others by her, and I came back by, and she was turned back facing me, and she had a cute hat on, and I just pulled her hat down and I says, like your hat, you know. And she just kind of chuckled. I'm like, I'm not going to let that cold shoulder stop me. You know, I'm going to love on these people, and I don't care, you know, what, what they think. You know, I want to show them that God loves them, and we're, we're no better than they are. We're just the same as they are. And um, I better shut up. I'm sorry. But <laughs> my heart is just overflowed with, um, with these people. I just love them. And I've made some really good friends. And Oh, let me tell you this one thing real quick. Sorry. <laughs> um, we were 
we went to a neighborhood. Ben goes, I want to do a little bit of street witnessing on this neighborhood. He says, God's been calling me to the street. And he says, I feel like we need to knock some doors. It was just a few blocks from the, the new church building. And so we split up into two groups. And the very first place we went, which I didn't even notice before we walked in, but it was a grocery store, and the name of it was Sandy. <laughs> but um, when we walked in and Ben started talking to the lady behind the counter, she just lost her son like two years ago in a motorcycle accident, and she was raising his kids. And then Ben just instantly grabbed me and says, this lady lost her husband, let her pray with you. And that lady just looked at me and just started crying and just grabbed my hands, and she held on to me so tight the whole time we were in that store. In fact, we didn't go anywhere, and I think Coonrod's team had gone up and down one street and was coming back up the other, and we were still in this one place praying for this lady and her other daughter and her husband. But even when you're hurting the most, like I didn't want to go to Mexico because I didn't want to face the memories that I had with Stan because I knew it would be hard on me. But my heart was wanting to go back so bad, so I was really torn. Then finally I was like, okay, fine. Don't make me do anything, but I'll go. <laughs> you know? Of course, they didn't keep that promise either. But <laughs> yeah, I had to preach the first night I was there. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was a huge band. They just wrapped in a mummy. But, um, but when you're hurting the worst... God can use you to help somebody else. And, you know, I was going through my grief and my hurting, but those people knew Stan, too, and they missed him, too. And Ben would send me messages through Facebook and stuff of how different ones would, you know, give him a message to give me that they're praying for Stan, you know, and they're sorry for Stan and all that. And he told me how different ones had cried and told Ben about, you know, how they'd missed Stan. And so... um. That made me get out of my shell to get away from my grief to help somebody else with their grief. And this lady that lost her son, I mean, I could relate, and nobody else might not be able to touch her, but I could. And so God used me to help that lady. And then we went through the prayer and everything with her and her husband and her, um, her daughter. And so I pray they will be in his church sometime soon. We don't know. Maybe next time we go down, she might be sitting in that church. But wherever you're at spiritually whether you think you might be at the bottom or in the middle or wherever, God can use you wherever you're at. There is somebody out there that needs your story, that needs your knowledge or what you have as a heart. And God used me in Planta Carilla. Whenever I preached up there, Ben goes, wow, sister, you really hit it with a lot of those people there. And a lot of that message was for me, a lot, you know, just as much as it was for them. But you just don't know what you could do to reach somebody else. So don't stay in your shell and don't think I have nothing to offer because everybody has something to offer. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> well, when Dylan said that verse about overcomer, I said, you got to be kidding because that's what the Lord brought to me this morning. All morning is that word, overcomer. So I had to say something about that first, about our team and what, uh, what they did just, just to get there. Okay, uh, first of all, we've got, it was like, well, Coonrod and Shalina and that family had 
a lot to overcome uh, just to get there and missed flights and had to go back and forth. I mean, there was a lot there, I know, because I do the non-rev stuff too. And also um, with um, Mason and, and just a few days after we were there, the loss that he had of his grandmother. And, but what I saw, and there were others also that had to overcome, like, you know, their belly is not used to all that stuff, and, you know, for so had to overcome just the, the difference in the, the climate and the geography and everything. And, um, but they, everybody that overcame on the team, uh, Ben and his family, if they came up against something, but still the determination, and then Sandy, uh, spraining her ankle. I mean, she just got up and just kept going and just, we, I sit and do everything that we knew to do for it. And anyway, and uh, so she just was determined and Mason was determined. Everybody just kept on plugging and did what the Lord had us to do. But um, that being said, I think just, it seemed like everywhere we went that um, we through God, we're able to fulfill the purpose that he had for us there. And sometimes we didn't really know it was going to be. And like we said, it was like um, we would just be called out to, to give a testimony or to do our teaching or preaching or praying. But we, um, we laid hands on people and we taught people and reached people. And I believe that I believe wherever we went, we were received, and God was received. And it's like, that's when you get out of yourself and you say, it wasn't me. God, my gosh, they're looking at us to help receive a healing. And it's like, that's when you really have to draw on the power of God say, it is not me. God, you have to do this. It's your power. You can do it. And I have, I don't really have the ability, but I'm willing I wouldn't be down here thousands of miles. So you use me and you help me do it because you said you would. You said you'd do it through me. So, so he did, and we saw some great things happening. I mean, the kids were so uh, sweet, and and you never heard them. They really never talked about the heat and the hot. They were all day long, hours we were out there, and we had a little dugout to go into and kind of get cover sometimes, and. Uh, of course, we had drinks of water, and after we were done, they just enjoy getting the the reward of like you know some juice and a little snack afterwards, and that means everything. And they're just seeing their eyes light up about over the baseball glove or the bat that they got for a reward for doing extra good, and they tried so hard. I mean, it was just like wow, and going through that suitcase of gloves, and it was just so heartwarming for us to see. I mean, I'm talking about rewarding a lot because I was rewarded so much in, um, um, I guess, in a selfish selfish sense because I saw people that came to the Lord, they came to know Jesus, who we cast out demons, we uh, praised the Lord, and he gave us words of encouragement and discernment for people, um, maybe prophetic things, I'm not sure, we probably did. But I guess the, um, the highlight, I guess for myself, was in when we went to Buena Vista and they were having that baseball camp and we had done face painting and all that kind of stuff. But Ben sent some of us out. Hey, you girls, you guys go out on the street and bring some people in for that thing uh, at the 
is it the plaza or what was that that kind of the court yeah and that's where they uh, have a pre preaching and Dylan played his guitar he always was so good about leading us in praise and worship and with and with devos and all of us did our devotions every morning and I look forward to that but uh, so we went out and tried to get, we just pulled people off the streets and there had just been a funeral too that I remember this, that, uh, a Catholic funeral and you know how ritual they are about everything. Well, they were real curious to see what was going on in the court. So as soon as that was over, I mean, their, their funeral, they came right up to the court. I mean, they didn't hesitate. It wasn't a lingering. No, you remember them coming this, all those people came to the funeral. I mean, to the, <laughs> the funeral, to the, to the alive stuff. <laughs> To the preaching and the and the, the preaching and the singing and that attracted them. They just lined up around. They weren't all real, um, uh, you know, like aggressive, I guess. But they all came and wanted to listen. And some just lined up the streets and kind of hid behind doors. But um, so and when we when it was all over and we went and prayed for different people, if God gave you something to say to somebody or he felt like someone he was leading you to pray for somebody. Well, we do that and try to. So I grabbed an interpreter, Anna and her boyfriend, Gael, Gael, yeah, and and they interpreted for me. But there was this whole family that was kind of standing off up there watching everything that's going on, and 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 then the Lord gave me some things to say to them, and they interpreted. And then Anna and Gael just continued uh, praying, and, and there was a family of eight. And every one of them got saved right there. And it was, it was just, that was just so awesome. And they kept, we kind of made, we were kind of running late because they were really, uh, just really receiving. And then so when we were done there, then the one of the little girls that we had prayed for in the family that was saved, the whole family, like, she went and ran down and got her friend and she brought her up to us for us to pray for her because she knew that God was, working and that that he had something for her and so uh, she was having um, uh, mourning for the loss of her mother and just she just needed some love and we just loved on her and the love of those two little girls and the people were just we just loved the uh, all the people in Mexico and Ben and Deanna and their children were so open and loving and receiving and good food I mean they had the good cooks and we came in on late at night, early in the morning, and whenever, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a good fun day, too, so I'm going to hand it over to Dylan. It's funny, that service that she was just talking about was one that Kuhn was like, hey, you know, you're preaching a salvation message tonight, and I was like, well, I guess so, I do now. It went all right, but <laughs> um, I think she put it really well. Like, I could see that we all just went with the mindset that like, if we're going to go, we're going to be willing vessels, and God's going to use us, and he did. Like, I had faith in God, and nothing really surprised me because I knew he would do it, you know? And I think we all had that same mindset, which is really cool. But what really uh, kind of rocked my world down there was I, just, I was just reminded about how life is not all about us. You know, we kind of get into our routines, our daily routines, doing this, doing that, and we like our routines, but when we, uh, when we break up our routines is when we start to realize that things aren't all about us. And I needed a good reminder of that, so it was really good. Um, and then uh, a little funny story from me. There was a few times that Ben needed someone to go drive one of his sketchy vans. Let me tell you, these things don't have any brakes, and uh, the steering is pretty loose, 
And uh, they're pretty interesting, I'll just tell you that. And so he's like, hey, Dylan, I need you to go uh, out, like outside of the town with me to take these vans to the shop. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. Because number one, you guys don't obey traffic rules here. And number two, I don't know how to drive a janky van. Well, I didn't say it like that, but <laughs> and he's like, no, you go ahead and hop in there. <laughs> so, so I drove and uh, that was an interesting experience. I think I had to do that like five times, but I guess that was just another example of me getting over myself. <laughs> but it was a good time. I'm really thankful for, to be able to go a second time. And uh, I think the Lord really moved. You can't tell by all these stories. So yes, I'm Allison. Uh, this was my first ever missions trip, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I mean, they always say that you know, mission trips are when you go on one, it's life changing, and it's it really is true. And so, um, the I mean, the biggest thing, and I think it was almost for all of us, is just like those relationships that you build there. It's it's crazy, just you know, even with the language barrier, that you're able to make those, like, deep connections with people, even though, like, there's just that, there is that barrier. And um, for me, the biggest thing that that stretched me and challenged me that I that br- I brought back was the evangelizing. So I'd never, you know, I'd never been evangelizing before, you know, going out and, you know, knocking on doors or talking to people in the streets that you don't know and just striking up a conversation about Jesus. And I for sure haven't done that when they don't understand <laughs> what you're saying, <laughs> Um, and, but it, it was cool. So yeah, I think, uh, someone either Sandy or, uh, Laura mentioned, yeah, the, when we split into two different groups. So I was, me and we were in Coonrod's group and, and I mean, Coonrod's just doing his, trying his best to like, you know, preach, uh, share Jesus to these people. And it was just cool because you know that God was working we, God was there even with, you know, this, the, the struggle of just trying to share Jesus with these people. Like, God was able to move through to make, help them understand. And so just getting to see people, like, accept Jesus in their heart is just like... And another thing, well, just, you know, because in the U.S., it's so, you know, most people know about Jesus or they at least heard about him. Churches are, you know, on every corner in Oklahoma, for sure. Um, but to go to a place where people literally are just like, who's Jesus? Like, just... You know, never even never heard of them before. So it was it, that was just a cool experience to realize that there are people out there that literally don't know anything about Jesus and getting to share him. Like just, you know, you never think about having to start at the basics of like who Jesus is, what he did for you and how he can change your life. You're like, everybody knows about Jesus. So that was really cool. And, um, and yeah, and that's like the kiddos and everything just, oh, just, it, they just warm your heart, just how like, how open and receiving they are just to building like a relationship with you and just friendships and just, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, God was totally, totally there. Just spirit is moving all the whole entire time. And I'm so thankful and blessed that I got to go on that trip. And, um, but yeah, it, it'd be cool to see that here, you know, you know, you don't have to go out of the country just to, to do a mission trip. Mission trips can start exactly where you're at, no matter what city in the U.S. So that was something that I kind of brought home to, just like, you know, you don't have to go out of the country to, I mean, it was great. Like, it's awesome, but yeah, it can go anywhere you're at. So great experience. Highly recommend it. Okay, so I am an incredibly introverted person. So talking in front of people and being with other people 24 hours a day is really, really hard for me. Um, And so these trips are always a challenge. Like it just really, it takes a lot out of me. And we had a lot of challenges to get there. Um, 
and even, like Dylan knows, he like texted me at one point to check on us, and I was like, I'm going home and unpacking my bags. It's just not going to happen. I was just that frustrated. So I had my little pity party in the airport, um, but we made it. And I, I think when I got there, I realized that um, there was a reason it was so challenging for us to get there because so much happened on this trip. Um, for me, I stepped out a whole, whole, whole bunch out of my comfort zone um, way, way, way further than I ever expected to. Um, like, I grew up in a Free Will Baptist church. There were not a lot of people with demons in my church. I cast out a demon on this trip. Like, that is just not something that I ever expected to happen. Um, but we did a women's service the first, like, official night there, and it was really amazing because it was just the women. Um, we all spoke, and it was just, it was so sweet. There's just something about having a room full of women worshiping together that is just amazing. Um, and the women particularly there really need to be ministered to. They're very beat down. They're very low self-esteem. And so being able to go and do something that was just for them, serving them a meal afterwards, um, making them sit down and let us serve them, um, was really, really awesome. Um, the relationships with the people there and with the team, I mean, I, I had not ever gone with Laura or Mason or Allison before, and so I got to know them better, and Allison and I discovered we're like the same person. Like, we say the same things at the same time. We finish each other's sentences. It's kind of weird, um, but it was really awesome just to get, like, closer, and there was um, just a huge unity in our team, I felt like, um, that was different from previous tip trips. We all just really gelled, and we all um, just really just stepped up and did what needed to be done, um, and that was kind of why I wanted to go last because I just kind of wanted to reiterate the point. I, I did a devotional one morning. We were there about us all being part of the body of Christ and we all have a different function. Some of, like Kuhn said, some of us are the arms, some of us are the feet. We all have a different function, but we all have to work together to make things work. And so I just kind of wanted to um, remind everybody in this church that our church is the same way and we all need to step up. I know a lot of times we have the same people teaching classes and the same people cleaning and the same people um, doing the same tasks over and over again. So I just wanted to challenge everybody else to maybe step out of your comfort zone a little bit and take on a task that you're not really comfortable with or you haven't done before. Um, sign up for the cleaning crew. Sign up to teach a kid's class. Invest in the kids. Um, invest in the church. So just kind of, if I can go out of my comfort zone and go however many thousands of miles away to do it, then you guys can can step out here so thank you yeah i really feel like we could write a book on how the curry family got into mexico on this trip <laughs> i think we decided standby is not for us anymore uh, and if we're gonna fly god's gonna need to put like three grand in our checking account to pay for the tickets because that's ridiculous but um no shalina she summed it up really good we once we got there it was the right time and it was, it was the time that we were supposed to arrive, uh, which is probably why we were delayed a full day getting down there. Um, thankful for Sandy and Laura and Mason taking on the children's club on the first night, um, doing, the, doing the drama. You saw the kids wearing the costumes. They were doing um, Shadrach and Benny or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but uh, they did that little drama and acted it out, and the kids got to do all the little parts, and they made a really cool craft. Um, but, and in Shalina's testimony on the whole demon thing, that's Carrie Sims's fault, you guys. So the next time, Carrie's not here today. I told him about it when I saw him last Sunday or at the men's dinner on Wednesday. 
But uh, when you see him again, be sure to thank him with me, um, both sarcastically but, but for real, because he, before we left, said, I am expecting something supernatural from this trip. So when we get there on the first official night, the team's all there, and they have the women's conference. I'm outside with the guys. We're playing with the kids, acting like complete dorks, and we hear all this chaos inside the church. And I thought, oh, my gosh, somebody either got a revelation went to hoop and a hollering, or somebody's hurt. We just kept on because we told ourselves we're not going in there. We're not going to interrupt this. We're not going to disrupt this service. God's going to move. And then we come out, and all of them are like this, wide-eyed, like, oh, my God, what did I just happen? And she was like, I'm looking at her. I'm like, what happened? She's like, I'll tell you about it later. I'll tell you about it later. And then she goes, we cast out a demon. What? <laughs> so really cool um, Really cool. I thought, man, that we set the tone for the whole mission trip right there. Like, if this is the beginning, what's the rest of the week going to be like? But it did. Guys, every trip that I've been on, we have increased souls saved for the kingdom. Every trip we've been on, we've seen more healings. Ben's doing so much in that community and that surrounding area. As far as his janky vans can go, he's reaching out to other communities to get the word out to spread the gospel, Ben doesn't waste a moment during the day to take an opportunity to witness to somebody. He lives it. He breathes it. Um, that's their family, and you can see them. like they're, You would think, oh, gosh, I could do that once in a while. They do it every single day. They are called to that. I thank God for them. Uh, spent Father's Day in Mexico. I thought that was going to be tough. Um, but I was there with my family and getting to preach on Father's Day and my kids out there, um, getting to spend it with the other fathers in the church. That was, it was righteous, y'all. I mean, I, I, I made the comment, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, I was apprehensive at first about it, but I don't know. There's just, there's something about getting a bunch of dads together and even for five minutes, if we felt worshipped, you know, with cake and desserts, it was worth it. Uh, but I love this team. You guys, I had so much fun. I felt like we all grew as a family. Um, I know I'm considerably older than Dylan, but I do consider you one of my brothers. Uh, not a brother in Christ, but a family brother. We, we really bonded. Mason, uh, same to you, man. Like, you know, I, I know I'm probably almost twice your age, but I still consider you one of my brothers. And I would not have done the trip any different sharing that room with you guys, getting to talk. And that the last night we were there, I'm supposed to get up at f- 5 o'clock in the morning to catch a taxi to get to the airport. That's a long story for another time. But me, Dylan, and Mason stayed up till one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. We were just chopping it up. We were gossiping. And we, but we were talking about the worship um, and, and, the, and the trip and just different things. And it was sweet, you guys. Like, I was tired the next day, but I didn't care because I got to spend the last few hours, extra hours with you guys. It was great seeing Mason and, and Penelope uh, on their first mission trip. Um, any of you that have children, and I'm not calling y'all children, but any of you that have children, when you see their face light up the first time they try something, and they get that joy and that excitement. I kept seeing that over and over and over again with Allison and Mason. It was great. 
I don't know if you guys are planning on doing any more missions trips, but y'all are definitely, y'all were called for this one. And so if there's any future ones, hit me up. We'll make a plan. We'll go. You guys are always welcome. Um, any of y'all are always welcome. Sandy got healing. Laura, she busted through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Every time there was a need, Laura's like, I ain't scared. I'll charge hell with a water pistol. <laughs> She's awesome, y'all. Um, get to know Laura. Laura has no fear. When, uh, she, she takes that to a whole other level that is beyond understanding. Eats anything. She'll go anywhere. She does not care. Um, if you haven't been, you think you might want to go, consider it. If you're dead set against it, know that you're still a sender. When you give every month to the church, you're giving into this ministry. Um, you may have seen the emails and the pictures from Cade about the church that's in uh, Ben's hometown in Mexico and Jerez. They finally have a roof on this thing, and they have a dry place out of the sun, out of the weather, to go have church. They still need fixtures. They still need to finish some plumbing and some electrical. But they can get inside. They've been having kids' church outside in the street in the sun. Shalina's first day doing kids out there, she come out looking like, like well, as red as Amy Mitchell's shirt. And it's just right here on her shoulder. Like, she was just baked. And it was from an hour in the sun. Um, and those kids still sunburned down there. So it's really a blessing, you guys. Y'all are sowing into that. Keep it up. Keep going. Don't lose faith. You know, um, I can't say enough how much of a blessing this whole church has been to that mission field. It's been a joy. I'm blessed by it. I'm thankful for it. Ben really wanted me to extend a thank you, huge thank you. So give yourself a pat on the back and a round of applause for everything you've done for that mission field. Y'all can go ahead and take a seat if you want, if you're tired of standing. Thank you all for going on that trip and representing No Limits. For those of you who are like, I don't give to missions or I don't give to Mexico, you do. Because there's not enough that comes in to send $1,000 every month over there like to the missions fund. So like part of your tithe and offering goes over to Mexico. So just know that everybody in here that gives, every dollar that you give, part of that goes to Mexico. And you're a part of everything that happened over there. Super cool, isn't it? Not only that, but you're a part of the Philippines and all that. So awesome. I want to give you guys a quick update on uh, the event center because something epic happened this month. Are we, are we still in June? Because tomorrow's July 1st, right? Okay, so for June, as you know, our goal through the event center is for enough money to come in to cover the expense of this building. So our rent's $3,000 a month and our utilities are around $500 a month. Well, for June, through the event center, we collected $3,400. So, super awesome. Super awesome. God's fulfilling that vision. This isn't just like a good idea we had. It was something that God kind of ordained for us to do. He's like, here's this building for you guys, and here's what you're going to do with it. And so, super awesome that we get to serve the community, that there's a daycare that's here. And, you know, it comes with a lot of extra things for me to do, like have the carpets cleaned and paint the doors and like all these maintenance things. Everybody's like, okay, the door's scratched up. I'm like, yeah. You know, that's, that's just going to happen. Okay, somebody got stained the chair. Yeah, that's going to happen. We'll just call the cleaners and they'll clean it up. <laughs> no big deal. So thank you all. I know you guys have to be patient too. You, get, you guys that are serving in kids ministry, you go to open the cabinet and the stuff's not there anymore because some kids at the Saturday event came and moved all the stuff around in the cabinets, which is why Jody's putting locks on all the cabinets. So 
solving that problem for us. All kinds of problem solving going on. So just know that your giving is, is used well. Like we're not wasting it. We're, we're trying to do what we can to make this building pay for itself so that we have, we can put all our resources into ministry and into outreach in Mexico. So as you guys give today, just thank God that he's using it to do those things. And if you need an offering envelope, Josh back there in the back will get you one. Just raise your hand. Or if you want to give using your phone, you can use the instructions on the screen. Or if you're listening to this message online after the fact, you can just go to nolimits.church and click the little give link there.